we've lost Kieran. I'll just, <laughs> we'll just carry on, it'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs>
you hear sort of like a bit at a time, like there might be some bits that are sort of just known and memorised and some bits that are understood a little bit better. And as long as um, as teachers and uh, parents of, um, of school age children are sort of encouraging that conceptual understanding as well, that it's not necessarily a problem if there are children who just know the times tables, as long as it's not left as that, that it's, oh. um, okay, what does that actually mean? You hit the nail on the head by saying, um, you know, as long as we know that the child just knows it and then we put in the conceptual stuff as well, but then you have to find a way of knowing whether it is a memorization or whether they, and they don't have the conceptual stuff, whether they have both or I don't yeah, there's a bit of digging deeper to be done, isn't there? I think the problem comes where children can just see, um, narrate the times table so they can just go two, four, six, eight, but they can't do that more ad hoc they just know that always just that string of numbers yeah you always get the ones in times table desk don't you and it's <laughs> like a, whatever it is four times two and they're like oh, oh, oh. <laughs> they, just, they haven't memorized the the actual facts mm. they they're just too busy chanting the multiples or stamping if you're doing <laughs> the seven times time. table one <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yes by the time they've stamped or by the time they've you know it's, and I think that's the thing I think that's is that is that enough to know so if, if we're saying knowing can and I agree with you completely Shannon we can kind of they, they need to be in tandem and it doesn't matter which came first or what order it happens in but is knowing them is being able to recite the multiples is that enough to say that they know them or is it do we need them to know instantly what the answer is it's no I, again I don't have an answer uh, now, having watched three year groups worth of pupils practice for the check and then do the check, six seconds isn't enough time to count. It's a really well-chosen number. Whatever you think about the NTC, six seconds is a really well-chosen number because it's just on the limit of, oh, I almost got that. Mm-hmm. And then it knocks yeah. them off for the next one and the next one after that. Um, so, yeah, so it, it is almost that threshold between automaticity and and sort of recitation of a of a pattern um, mm. and we'll, we'll get to the mtc in a in a bit but um yeah it's really interesting you think that first is a, a contentious word in that in that in that question if we accept then right that we want to we want to develop sort of both sides of the both sides at the at the same time what systems or approaches should and can we put in place to help pupils learn about multiplication tables? And if I think if we take it from the viewpoint of a teacher first, and then we'll come to subject later. So Lisa, what would, what would you do as a teacher to help pupils develop that understanding? I've got a couple of things. I think one of the things, um, and I've, I've stolen this from uh, one of the schools I work in, um, the, the maths lead there implemented it and it's, it's going really well. So they have a, an extended maths lesson. So they have time at the start of the lesson to do like starters and warm ups and what have you. And they use um, the counting sticks um, to, to do it, which um, is not the thing I want to talk about. But one of the things after the counting sticks, after that kind of rote learning kind of recitation of things, um, they make sure that every single lesson has a a fact um, of whichever times table one of those are focusing on where they have like a conceptual understanding like it's just a slide it's just an image so it might be like um, I keep going back to three times four so if they're doing the three times table it might be three times four and it might be an array or it might be a picture of groups three groups of four or four groups of three and the children have an opportunity to discuss what they see so it's a really nice thing it happens every single day with a different multiplication fact and it just really emphasizes that 
that conceptual understanding so that they get the the rote learning recitation of um the counting stick but they also have an opportunity to see lots of different um ways of seeing um that particular times table um and then i think the other thing that i'm starting to implement and i think math, te math teachers should be using is um sarah's book i'm sure she's going to talk about a book but sarah's uh maths time savers ninjas isn't it sarah don't let me get it wrong um so the the activities in there are brilliant because they 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 force children to think about multiplication in lots of different ways so there's opportunities for them to think about it as area they get to think about it in terms of division and fractions as well so i think um that's those kind of things are really important to make sure that we're not just getting we're not just always looking at arrays or we're not just always looking at area models that we're looking at lots of different conceptual understanding things and that's a nice way of doing it i think yeah i would i would agree and i think um what you said about the thing you stole and about it happens every day and i think it does need to happen every day um that little and often is really important and i think um well, i had a chat with some maths leads uh, in our trust recently and someone said oh well, white rose is is appalling for teaching the times tables I'm kind of said it's not designed to teach the timetable. It, it that's it. There is an, a tiny aspect in it in that it covers those objectives that are in the national curriculum. But we know that there's far more that needs to happen. Just like with the number bonds lower down, like you have to put that into place yourself. You have to be doing those little and often. Whether you call them uh, like maths meetings, I know lots of schools do those, or whether it's just your routine. For me, for me and my job share. It's the 15 minutes before lunch. We make we, we do them every day and it is that counting stick, multiple representations, chanting, ping pong, all of those things that we've all been doing for years and years. But just making sure we're doing them every day in quite a structured, systematic way so that we're not leaving it to chance. Mm. Um, um, and then, you, you know, you get the classic, but my child already knows the three times tables. Congratulations. They're going to they're going to go over them again because that never hurt <laughs> anyone. It's 15 minutes out of their day. Mm -hmm. And that's life. And they'll yes. just get on with it. But I think it, it's just as, as often as possible. And um, as much as I, I, I love Timetable Rockstars, and I think it's a really, really good resource, not overly relying on it because it isn't going to teach the timetables. Yeah. And I know, Kieran, I know you said about we'll, we'll come on to sort of maths leadership. I think what Shannon said leads quite nicely on to how can maths leaders support this. And I think one of the things is absolutely fighting for that time. Mm. Um, so one of the things I work on with my maths leads is getting them to understand as a timetable as a whole, if you take the whole week and if you separate it into like English skills and math skills. Um, and if you think about um, and I know it's not the same everywhere, but in our trust, the, the wider curriculum stuff is very um, English heavy there's a lot of reading comprehension there's a lot of writing involved in all of the wider curriculum subjects and I think um, if you kind of we worked out that you know we were doing so much English skills that actually fighting for that 15 minutes a day like you say Shannon to do a maths meeting whatever you want to call it is so important and I think that's one of the biggest wins that a maths lead if they can persuade SLT and then make sure it's actually then happening and then it doesn't get squeezed out with all of the other pressures of a times table a timetable even if you take 10 minutes a day to do like you say times tables number ones that kind of thing it makes such a difference even if you're kind of your foundation subjects aren't super English heavy, English still dominates the timetable, doesn't it? Because you've got writing, you've got reading, you've got spelling instruction, grammar punctuation, it, you know, phonics in in certain year groups or in schools where they do it all the way through, you know, 
it does dominate. And I think just mm-hmm. saying, no, actually, let's just have this ring fence section of the day where it, we focus on number bonds or times tables. That I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And you do have to fight for it. Teachers feel like there isn't enough time to cover the entire curriculum. So there is a job to be done within SLT there to make sure that your your expectations are realistic. But you just have to you have to chunk it up a bit. Like Emma said, it's getting away from the maths or English hour, looking mm. at the whole day and seeing how you can, you know, spread it out. And I know yeah. Kieran and I, we've talked about shortening the maths lesson before because maths lessons don't always need to be an hour long. Certainly not in key stage one, I don't think. And I would argue in lower key stage two as well. You don't need an entire hour on maths to be able to get through what you need to get through and teach what you need to teach and for them to practice. It's about sh- like shifting your mindset away from my maths lesson is an hour long and maybe it's 45 minutes and maybe your 15 minutes is actually on the like bookended on the end of that or it's put into a different time of day and mm. just get into the routine of doing it and sticking to it yeah and I think you're right I think it is about it's about that routine and if you make it it's part of your routine and if you make sure there's variety like you said Shannon I agree with you time savers rock stars is, a, is an amazing resource but that alone will not solve our problems with time tables um even like the automaticity just the rote learning recall is not enough for for a lot of our children um it's great but it's not you know and i think it's about educating teachers and mass leads and making sure that we know there's a variety of things and then finding the time in a busy schedule to fit all that in yeah definitely i mean i could do 20 minutes in year one you know and that'd be you know there'll be maths at other times in there but i don't need to get i don't need to use all the time that we have for it straight away. I think 40 minutes, probably my max. After 40 minutes, I'm thinking I'd rather have 20 minutes later on for year six, you know, because then we can either do this the intervention or or the independent practice, whatever, whatever mm. point in the sequence we are. Um, but yeah, six, as soon as I got freedom to get away from that 60 minutes, I was gone. <laughs> it's interesting though, isn't it? How we're still, we know as practitioners, we know that a 60 minute lesson is not what we have to do um and I know we know that a 60 minute lesson isn't what necessarily is best for the children particularly I mean can't I can't imagine year one children focusing for 60 minutes on one thing and yet (laughs) we still have this desire to kind of pigeonhole and package everything in neat little time parcels it's a that's a whole other conversation but um it's interesting but it's a habit that we need to break yeah absolutely is there anything else we do from a subject leader point of view Making it quite structured, like your schedule for teaching certain timetables at certain times in the year and making, you know, like having a timetable curriculum rather than um, saying to teachers, oh, you know, these are the ones you have to cover because they they don't necessarily know when, how long to spend, whether to do a week on each and or blocks of time. And so I know that certain schools took part in a... Um, I think it was like an NCTM and University of Greenwich thing years ago where they um, they blocked out what timetables would be covered from um, year two up. And it meant that they were all getting covered and they all had a decent length of time. So I think if you're a maths lead who's thinking about timetable instruction, then that's one thing to think about. Um, I also think like, I know on Sarah's episode of Tobacco before, um, so you talked about like the key facts, didn't you? And how it isn't actually all of the the times tables that people think it is and that you can pretty much slice it in half. Massively being aware of that and being and, and showing the teachers that and actually 
like doing a lot of the work for them mm -hmm. and just saying these are the facts that you are teaching this is how long to spend on it this is the, uh, the structure of a nice times table session these are some of the activities you might do across a week because otherwise it's probably going to be done poorly because it's an afterthought because we have a, a lot of things to get on with I think that's a really nice idea as well I think it's something that as maths leads that's something to emphasize to teachers as well the fact that it's your mm. times tables is not just knowing those mm. however 144 facts or whatever it is you know it's it's about knowing those related facts as well and being able to use that and I think that's a really nice idea Sarah and I think we you know in the school that I'm primarily based in at the moment I've set a, a sort of timetable of okay this year group's going to learn these facts but I don't think I've gone listening to you two I don't think I've gone far enough and I think that's that's mm. my next step is to think about how can mm. I support them in thinking really specifically about which facts when um and mm. you both mentioning you know those specific facts you need to know I think there's um, a really nice blog um from Colin Foster who did um exactly the same thing as you've been talking about he set out he showed like the grid and just showed how few times tables you actually really really need to learn um and that's a really um a nice thing to to share with teachers and math leads to get them to think about it as well the onus is on everyone and not just on the a4 teacher when it comes to them mm -hmm. because just like the key stage two sats that there's years and years of teaching that led up to them and there's years of timetable instruction that should have led up to the year four mtc so it shouldn't just be about the year four teacher. It, they, they, the, the responsibility shouldn't just lie on, on them. And head teachers should know that as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. What did you think of the outcomes of the MTC this year? You know, so they reported for the first time in 2022. Is there anything you change on a systemic level as a result? What about on a school level? Linking to the point that I just made about the MCC, uh, I think there needs to be greater awareness of the lack of pass mark because mm. lots of head teachers have taken it as 25 is the pass mark, even though it explicitly says there is no pass mark. But there were still countless year four teachers in the summer posting on social media saying oh, I'm, I'm in tears my head teacher has just said that all of my children have failed the MTC or they, they've pulled me in because they, they've asked me what on earth I've been doing because x number of children didn't pass and while I do think by year four almost every child should be getting 25 out of 25 because our instruction should be good enough for that to be the case there may be errors and slips there may be children with significant barriers to their learning most of those children, though, should get 25 out of 25. I still think that, that heads need to realise that the language they're using, the approach that they have, really needs to change. And I don't know if, because of the fact that there was a trial a few years ago, then COVID, then COVID, and then now it all felt a little bit rushed, I thought, mm -hmm. even though we've had several years to prep. Heads, I think, just didn't necessarily, not all heads, but some heads, didn't necessarily act um how they should have. So perhaps more training for heads from the DFE might be nice. Yeah, we did. Um, so we looked at kind of across the trust. So um, for anyone who, who 
I, my job role is is I maths I lead maths across the trust so that's kind of my I look after my, all of the maths um and so I was asked to do some analysis and I was like I can do that but it's it's not really going to show you a lot um and I think you're right I think it's it's you know those children who can those children who can just rattle them off with little comprehension of what they're doing um did particularly well but we've got some you know across the trust we've got some very good mathematicians in the sense of their reasoning and problem solving ability who didn't do particularly well and their teachers felt disappointed for them and you know and it shouldn't it shouldn't be like that um i think it is it it's a double-edged sword because i think it's so important that children know their times tables because actually there's so much it unlocks so much mathematics and it allows you know all sorts of aspects of maths to become uh, more cognitively you know easier to kind of grasp because they've got that automaticity however putting that kind of quite high pressured um thing on children and teachers is not necessarily a good idea like um, i can see neil said in the chat you know don't link it to accountability and i i am sure that there will be year four teachers up and down the land who have had some sort of performance management target related to this and, and that that's quite sad um you know and so it's that double-edged of well yes we need them to know the times tables by the end of year four is really useful because of the type of mathematics we go into in upper key stage two but is this the way forward um particularly when we've, we've got children one of the schools i work in their children just don't really have access to um computers in the sense yeah. of there isn't the computing you know the computer situation in school isn't there's not a lot of them available and actually they don't then have laptops or computers at home and so the actual act of typing them in is quite tricky and they don't necessarily have the exposure and so we're putting them at a disadvantage um i don't know how other like sarah have you sort of found similar with your school or whether they were all all right in terms of the technology side of things we're quite lucky in that we've got an ipad for every child um so it wasn't a barrier there but i feel like the time pressure just um to do the times table in six seconds but there's something about doing a test got to think it right it and six seconds is i had to go at it and i found it really stressful to do just because it was the case of almost um like uh, i know it but i can't quite get it out in time kind of so i, I don't really know if there's a way around that yeah and i i mean i don't i i happily my 12 times tables I'm not there yet. I, I don't think if it was just on 12 times tables, I'm, I'm just not. It's it is something that I find really tricky. And um, the other ones I'm fine with, it's just literally those those kind of latter 12s that I just get in the right pickle with. Um, and that, yeah, that's quite stressful. And then, like you said, Chandler, you've got children who might have a slip or might have a panic moment when they're finding, you know, seven 12s and I don't know. And then suddenly they've not got the pass mark which doesn't exist we know it doesn't exist but they then they feel quite a lot of pressure um to have not got it right or not typed it in right or whatever so it's 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 hard no i yeah. think that's a really good point about the pressure and about them being aware when they've made a mistake and then the pressure that they put on themselves and i wonder where that pressure comes from uh and i imagine there are schools that did tackle that in the wrong way just like there are schools that tackle the sats in the wrong way and that told the children you're going to get 25 questions and you need to get 25 right and I imagine that there are parents that told their kids they needed to get 25 out of 25 and that might work for some children I honestly as a child in year four I would have loved the challenge of getting 25 out of 25 because that's who I was and I was quite speedy at my timetable so it probably would have worked for me 
but for the majority of children it's probably really unhelpful and I also think um like if you're in a position like Sarah's school where you've got the devices then this should just be becoming part of your day-to-day life then practicing it and being aware of that format rather than it being like this high stakes oh gosh it's the real one now you know because what you're only going to make them feel like flustered and under pressure but ultimately like I said at the start I I do think that the majority of our children should be able to get 25 out of 25 mm-hmm. right? yeah. our, our, our maths teaching our instruction for timetable should be good enough for, for that to happen mm. with that you know exception that there's going to be a couple of children maybe in each year group who can't or who don't take part but I think so that the average score was 19.8 and the most popular score the most common score was 25 27 percent mm-hmm. of them got 25 I spent some time this afternoon like looking through the the graphs and there are there were children getting one two three mm-hmm. and then you look yeah. at that and you think well something's gone terribly wrong here yes yeah. so either those children shouldn't you know should they have been submitted because if I've got a child who's getting three out of 25 and there's no sort of barrier to their learning, then I'm, I, I've done something drastically wrong mm. as a teacher mm. and, and, and not recognising that. Mm. Um, I also thought it was interesting that, the, you know, I say interesting, not surprising that disadvantaged children did worse because, of course, they're going to do worse. Because like Lisa said, if you don't have any devices anywhere and you, you don't get, get the chance to practice or you live in a house where mum's working three jobs you're not going to have time to practice Mm -hmm. I do think you know well that wasn't surprising it was interesting that it came out in this like it comes out in most things if we imagine that this is a suitable proxy for children on their times tables what would you change on a systemic level so that more than 27 percent of pupils can be considered to know their times tables at the end of year four what would you change okay a lot of hypotheticals <laughs> extend you know what is it the disbelief for for a moment what, what would you change if we look at like the focus that phonics has had and maybe maybe there's something in making i know there's a couple of organizations who have developed like like programs and curriculums for key stage one maybe that needs to become a a compulsory element of teaching and then maybe there needs to be a times table element to that as well. And I'm not suggesting that we're going to start having validated times table schemes. However, I don't think it would be a bad thing if if some experts got together and put to, put their heads together and said, let's make something that's going to work for the majority of children, the majority of schools across the country. Mm-hmm. Then I would say no, particularly if it's free, but very affordable. Like you say, though, we've you know we've 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 all kind of accepted that that phonics is is something we have to do and it's the best way I mean I'm not going to get into the phonics debate but this is you know is is the way that children learn to read and that you know I schools do schools do phonics that is how it works but then when you look at times tables or number bonds or any other kind of that that kind of building blocks of mathematics there is a huge variation in ways that that Mm -hmm. that's taught so yeah I think you're right and I think Shannon you mentioned earlier about you know things like white rose not teaching multiplication tables and it's like well it doesn't and like I used to work for Mass Mastery I know Sarah said she's the the school's a Mass Mastery school there is no explicit this is how you teach times tables in Mass Mastery it Mm. teaches the conceptual side of things but Mm. not the 
the rope learning bit and whatever you, you know wherever you are whatever scheme or whatever approach you take we all do time tables differently there might be similar themes so we might all use time tables rock stars as an element we might use counting mm -hmm. six as an element but maybe um maybe apparently it's a new year project for us um thanks neil um, i'm very busy <laughs> <laughs> um well, out of the two of you, I'm, I'm the only one, you know, I haven't written a book yet. So maybe this is my... Uh... <laughs> yeah, you can write time yeah, there you go. <laughs> I will I will solve the world's problems uh, with time tables. <laughs> it does seem strange though. And I think that speaks back to what we were saying about having a really clear, systematic way of teaching time tables or any mm. number of facts across year groups. And the fact that, like you say, you might be in year six, but if you don't know your five times table fluently mm. you are still going to practice your five times table until you do because you know it might be something oh we've done it before but it's mm -hmm. I think that is that's part of what needs to change I wonder as well systemically thinking about my lack of times 12 times tables knowledge <laughs> do we need to go to 12 that's my question <laughs> could we go back to doing up to 10 times 10 is that enough would that make a difference what a question to throw in it's like a grenade <laughs> yeah. sorry um, I mean, because I, I don't know, I don't, it depends, depending on when you went to school, I learned yeah. my times tables up to 10 times 10. Yeah. I didn't learn my 11s and 12s. I mean, I perhaps am aware of my 11s, it's a whole different thing, but 12 times tables, I didn't learn them in a rote way, which is why I find, I think, I find them much more challenging nowadays. But maybe, I don't know. That's, that's my grenade. I'm just going to leave now. <laughs> I want to know what yeah, Kieran thinks about that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I said I wasn't going to opine. Well, but that wasn't a question that was planned. It was, a, it was a, an impromptu grenade. I think Fair enough. Um, I would go further. I would say that it's preferable to know your 13s, 14s, Ooh. 15s. Interesting. Maybe 16s. Um, I'd maybe go, yeah, maybe go to 20, all the way up to 20s. Um, yeah, I think in terms of being, like, I'm, I'm not saying by year four. Because what you want is the ultimate amount of flexibility when working with number. Yeah. And you don't know what numbers you're going to encounter when you're an adult. Say percentages, for instance, when VAT used to be 17 and a half percent. You know, who knows? Maybe they'll go back to 17.5%. Um, although it, it doesn't go down, VAT, does it? Um, you know, we're going back for all those, um, you know, sort of harking back to days gone by. I think, yeah, you don't know what situation you're going to be in. If I know 13 times 13, well, then I can use that to manipulate 130s. And I can use that to manipulate other multiples or even decimal, decimal fractions, you know? Um, so I'm not saying it's necessarily something we because we had a conversation earlier on about what is it the responsibility of schools to do, mm. but I think by the end of primary school we can definitely do that. And I think you just open um, open the possibility for mm. you know, not having to use formal written algorithms, you know. Because okay. I was talking, you know, Stuart Welsh, who was on with you, Lisa, a couple of weeks back, he and I were talking about division and whether or not you need to learn a formal written algorithm because if you understand the laws of arithmetic properly. Well, actually, you can use the fact that you know that, I don't know, say 86 divided by 12 is the same as 86 divided by 2 and then divided by 6, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. You can do that in seconds in your head. And I think if we're looking at, well, do we need 12s? 
well, the more of those we have that we can use, the the better off we are. So that's uh, that's where I come from. I'm not saying it's a, it's a, what he called um, it's, my position. Normally, isn't the accepted position on, on lots of these things. You know, I'm you glad make a very convincing argument, Kieran. <laughs> Neil Armour says, just take out time. DK. The third time today he's tried to take out time. Over the last <laughs> <laughs> I would get rid of it. I would get rid of it. Before we go to sleep as well. I'd get rid of time. I'd get rid of time. I'd get rid of money. Sorry, Kieran, I know you did a money problem earlier on. You mentioned it. I'd get rid of DT while we're here, but that's a different problem. <gasps> oh, um, maybe we, have, we need to have an episode on what would we get rid of. We, we'd have, there'd be some heated debates going on there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, apart from time. Make that happen. Yeah, <laughs> time we'd all agree on. A load of fraction stuff, and I said, mm-hmm. no. No way. I love my fractions. <laughs> but anyway, the time's table. I think if we were going to have this systemic change, whether it be um, validated timetable scheme or uh, going up to 20, whatever it is, I think we would have then more of a, um, like more security with parents because I think with phonics, you know, you get parents who come in and say, but my child can already read, blah, blah, blah. And you say, well, this is the scheme that we work to, this, you know, it's systematic, blah, blah, blah. If we had that for times tables and number bonds and just say, well, this is what we work to, this is the curriculum, mm. then I think we might feel a little bit more comfortable because at the moment you do have those sometimes quite pushy parents. Johnny knows up to 13 times 13. And you go, great, congratulations. But that's not good enough for a lot of parents. And I think if we just said, look, this is the the schedule of the scheme that we work through, the systematic times table mm-hmm. scheme that we have, then maybe they'll get off people's backs a little bit not yeah. that I realize there are a couple of parents in the room but it's just imp- I think you know that can sometimes feel like a real pressure for teachers particularly when it comes to times tables because mm-hmm. as a teacher you want it to be quite simple and if you're having a weekly times table test like I imagine most schools still do you just want it to be as simple as possible you want everyone doing the same test you don't want to have to go up to 17 with a couple of children to please their parents. Yeah. That would be my, my systemic change. Oscar's <laughs> a really interesting one on that because um, he got access to Rockstars through school in September mm. and he's now close to a second for all of them, you know, so he mm. did his little bit oh, every day. But when he was doing his tutor diagnostic the other day, he asked me what perimeter was because mm. we clearly never had that conversation about So about interesting. Perimeter. So even though he very clearly just gets things quite quickly and you can't assume the kids know absolutely everything and it's how to use them you know because um so yes as a parent i got a really good case study of him you know don't assume that he knows absolutely everything because um you know we we just never had those you've had lots of mathematically rich conversations but never uh I never, can imagine never, you have never. had a lot of mathematically rich conversations because you just sat and said while he was doing his tutor diagnostic <laughs> assessment. I mean, you also said the other day, <laughs> like, are, are we talking in the Christmas holidays, Kieran? Is this, that was this Christmas day. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. Um, he was ill just before the end of term and he's been begging me for ages to get up because once he found out what I did for a living, he's been begging me to have access. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I have so to it, say, he is a legend of a child he's such <laughs> a he's so lovely and so keen to learn i can imagine teaching him is a joy but also i imagine his teachers also tear their head out trying to like challenge him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, but like I said, he doesn't know everything. So whenever they get their Aryan <laughs> perimeter, that'll be something for him to learn. So I think this is probably the most important question we're going to cover. If pupils are struggling to develop quick or even derivative um, recall of multiplication facts, what can we put in place to support them? I think... So Shannon said earlier, and I, I agree with her, I think by the end of year four, the majority of children should be able to get 25 out of 25 on that MTC. If that's our kind of benchmark of being able to do it, um, with the exception of children who have more you know, complex learning needs that would stop them from doing that. And so I think if we take that as our benchmark, I think what we need to do is simply make sure that we are we are covering all of our bases every single day we are doing mm. from day one in september to the end of july we are giving children opportunity to be exposed to times tables i think where we've got children who don't know them it is it's it's often down to the lack of regular revisiting and practice you know it's not that i've got i've got some children in year six who aren't who aren't confident in their five or two times tables mm. and it's got nothing to do with with their ability to remember or their their previous teaching it is simply down to there has not been that systematic constant exposure to it and that you've kind of got that we often have that attitude of oh we've done the twos now we'll leave that alone and we're not revisiting and coming back to it so I think mm -hmm. I don't think and I'm happy to to hear other ideas but I don't I, th I think for me it is about making sure that whole class teaching is absolutely spot on and regular and that will then bring up all of those the majority of those children who we know that can get there yeah I um I would agree ideal scenario you are having like banging times table instruction from day one banging did you like my adjective I loved your banging yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah you would be spot on from day one and then I think you would have far fewer children falling through the gap, the gap you just would but for those children that then still do you know I hear like lots of maybe some some negative things about precision teaching and I don't think it's like a solve all intervention but I, I saw very good success with it with timetables memorization not conceptual understanding mm -hmm. at a school I worked at uh, for a few years recently and it was one TA to be honest who just dominated interventions by making sure that um, and she planned it and she resourced it she was a dream to have but she did and it was you know it was it was a minute with every with some every child who needed it every day and suddenly they their memorization of timetables was far better which I think then meant that they yeah. could apply it to the other things. Mm -hmm. So I think regular, quick, like, um, intervention soon after realising there was an issue is ideal. But if not, then that precision teaching, I think, can come in handy with that. Because I think if you look at most of the things we do now, like phonics, if they don't get it in the morning in that in that kind of instruction session, then there usually is like a pickup in the afternoon or later on that day where someone is going over it with them because they noticed that they didn't get it. So mm -hmm. the same should apply to time tables. Um, I don't have a, a TA in the afternoons, I only teach half a week, but I don't have a TA in the afternoons. And so the days that I do our maths meetings, when I realize that there's a couple who haven't 
got every question right. I do a, like a little quick quiz at the end of them just to see on whiteboards who's with me, who's not. And I just quickly pull them over while the others are lining up for lunch and we go over it and I get an extra kind of three minutes with them. It's not perfect, but it's it's what I can do with that with that situation. Mm-hmm. And then with some children, you might need to dig deeper and, and really delve into what's happening there because we know that there are going to be children that do struggle and that's absolutely fine. It's normal. Yeah, I agree. And I think you've just reminded me of something else, Sarah. I think one of the things as well to really emphasise for those children who do struggle is the commutativity. Um, so again, it really surprised me working with some year sixes. Now they are our, our lowest attaining year sixes. There's just a little handful of them. But we were doing a counting stick and we we're doing our three times table, I think it was. And we so we did like, you know, okay, I said, oh, so what's three times four? And they all said 12. And I was like, okay, what's four times three? Go doing the division, doing the multiplication, yeah. making sure that we've got all of those bits because actually supporting them to really realize in the moment that three times four is four times three and that they're the same thing is mm. is really good um i think um interesting unpopular opinion about settings ptrs to auto i was i was i think actually um i don't think enough teachers use the the setting function or use the the kind of heat maps so if you have mm. the stats on, you get a whole load of other um like heat maps and things and thinking about what you said Shannon about being able to grab those children if you have mm. a concept of their heat maps you can really easily see where children are struggling and so that's I think a that's nice way of tackling that I think if you don't mm. have the the time necessarily to do the instruction and then intervene after the, the instruction but if you've got their heat maps I think that's a great idea mm-hmm. Neil's also mentioned the complete maths timetable app which I've given to our children um just as a link on their home learning uh letter and um mine love it because it is so it it just throws up so many different representations and they actually have to think um rather than just answer after answer after answer so I think that's a great shout yeah I agree anything that's making them think about how they use times tables so that or as I said earlier you know Sarah's book as well of lots of lovely different activities to to apply that because I think it's it's that it's being able to see that those times tables can be used in lots of different ways, can look in lots of different ways that helps you remember, well, just for me anyway, that helps you remember what the answer is. Just not what the And just is. explicitly making those links earlier on. Mm-hmm. Like you said about them not understanding the three times four is equal to four times three or mm-hmm. the division side, like Sarah mentioned. Make those links really early on and mm-hmm. make them explicit. Just teach them. Don't expect yeah. them to just understand it like that. Yeah, just absolutely. Just I was flagging earlier on, and then but talking to you guys about multiplication tables has brought me back to, hey. to life. Yeah, this has been fantastic. Um, and so, what what do we what a plan? We're going to talk. What are we going to talk about in the new year? We're going to talk about something. Um, things multi- to get rid of in the curriculum. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That plus, <laughs> plus Let's drop that. more on systemic changes in, in mm. the thing. Yeah. But thank you, thank you so much for your support for this. It's been really appreciated. I think you get, so you guys were some of the first names down on the on the list. But also, as we say, thank you very much for coming. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you.